You are now tuning in to Nude Radio with your host, Kenny Heflin. And how are y'all doing? Oh, my Lord. Uh, Y'all know that I had to take some time. I had some things in life that was going on. I wanted to take some time to let all those things pan out and to paint a story that is content worthy to bring to you all. So let's just say I have let life life. Okay. And we got some stuff to talk about, but before we start, make sure to subscribe to Nude Radio, streaming on all platforms where you can hear podcasts. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nude Radio 101. And also follow me on Instagram on my personal page at Kenny Heflin. You know, share me, love me, you know, show me off. We like those types of things. But baby... Let me tell you what I don't like. What I don't like is an old bitch ass nigga, like a old just ooh yeah I went there. An old motherfucking just just toxic ass nigga, right? Just a toxic man. And. <laughs> I wanted to get into it because this may come off as a bit of a rant at first, but hopefully it starts to make some sense, you know, hopefully so. But I wanted to talk about men and even more importantly, something a little bit more disgusting. (laughs) 
is toxic masculinity. Ooh, babe. That's toxic masculinity, darlings. Do y'all know what toxic masculinity is? Well, if you don't, let me give you a definition. So, toxic masculinity is the adherence to traditional male gender roles that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. Ooh. Now we got that definition from Wikipedia. You got to always make sure you cite your sources, okay? Mm-hmm. Can't say I never did. Because what? That'd be toxic. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. People have so many different questions about toxic masculinity. What is it? How does it affect men? How, like, how does it show up in life and in everyday society and everything like that, right? But just to give an example, with toxic masculinity, it has been around, obviously, for centuries. I mean, if not millennia at this fucking point. But for the last few centuries, it's believed that toxic masculinity it puts pressure on men to think that they need to have and to be strong in their physiques, but also in their mental states, how they hide their emotions, you know, how they act aggressive and how they show up in a dominant space. And I say this dominance in a very quote unquote, okay, very quote unquote, very much air quotes, okay? That's how I feel. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we think about how does toxic masculinity affect us, but also how does it show up? You know, a lot of people always want to know about that. And some ways that it shows up in in just regular life is, you know, again, men who feel that they need to hide their emotions and and portray themselves to be these rough and tough scruffy men you know they're dominant alpha males right they're you know all that shit you know mentally and physical toughness they're always angry they got a chip on their fucking shoulder for no fucking reason They're aggressive, right? Then, you know, again, like I say, they don't, they don't show emotion. They, they hide it away. They bottle it up. They don't speak about it. You know, they, it, their emotion, all that bottled up emotion comes out like a nasty erupting volcano in anger, in anger. And let's not forget that toxic masculinity can show up as uh, heterosexual males hating anything that is not heterosexual, you know, be you homosexual or of any type of queer spectrum identity, they hate you and they want to fight you. They want to hurt you. Right. We know those types. 
I know I do. And again, they're not, they're like, they're, they're insensitive. They, they lack empathy. They're just horrible fucking people. <laughs> horrible. They're horrible. But a lot of times what we have seen in society is, you know, how men are told as boys, you know, they have to toughen up. They have to stop acting like little girls. They got to stop acting like sissies. They got to stop acting like punks. They got to stop acting like pussies. They got to man up, right? We've heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. And when men get upset, it's, stop crying. Fix your face. And they go upside your head, you know, literally, physically, go upside your head when you show any type of emotion, when you show any type of human emotion, you're reprimanded verbally, physically, you name it. That type of behavior is frowned upon and these little boys they become conditioned to believe that they have to show up as these physically tough these mentally tough men that know how to do it all that they're always right anything that they believe in is right what they feel is facts if you go against that, you're the enemy, right? If you're anything other than you're the enemy, you're a threat that needs to be dealt with. This is how it's, this is how it works. It's a cycle. It's, it's, it's difficult. But it's a cycle and it's something that affects us, especially, and I'm only speaking for the American hemisphere of the world, right? And how toxic masculinity affects us. And let's not get it twisted. It's even deeper. It's even deeper. Like, let's not even get it twisted with the fact that it is even deeper when it comes to the black male perspective in the u.s it's crazy like it's fucking nuts and it's just like this is something that affects us on uh just again it's it's a a large scale it's a large scale and i um when i tell you i've seen how it can affect people you know I've seen all this happen before. For some time, I thought that I needed to portray myself to be this this type of figurehead. Ain't that about a bitch? Little did I know, I get more done. I get more respect when I'm authentic, when I show up in my many facets and different energies 
You feel me? When I'm authentic, when I'm real, when I'm genuine, when I am myself, when I am able to express my masculine and feminine qualities, that balance, right? Like, I don't have to worry about somebody looking at me differently or not wanting to fuck me because I'm being myself. I get more respect that way. And I'm happy about that. I get more respect so far. Because <laughs> we're about to get into the other side, baby. I get more respect when I am confident, when I am vulnerable, when I am able to express my emotions in a mature way. I don't get it right all the time because I'm human. And you know what I say, every day that we get to live in this human existence, we get the opportunity to evolve and to grow. And I hold space for that. So I don't have the best reactions at times, but I do very fucking well. I do very well. Given what I've seen from most individuals. No shade, but shade. That's just the truth. So, it brings me to this. I'm going to tell some stories. I'll start back from when I was a young little lad. (laughs) To my first love. T. We'll give give the... uh, the first initials, T. I met T when I graduated from high school. I was I graduated from high school in 2008. He also graduated from high school in 2008. We basically met through our mutual friends on the night of his graduation, and it was the night of my high school's little sleepover, little situation takeover for the seniors that were leaving the school and all that shit. I didn't go. No shade. My parents would probably try to fight me, but they paid for me to go to this all night party, but I skipped it and went out with the boys because I had just discovered the gay clubs back home in Detroit. It was the summer 2008, the beginning of summer at that. Amazing. Great memories. And I met this guy named T and he was a singer and he was so, mm, he was so charming and he just swept me off my feet. Oh my gosh. My mutual friends, they warned me about him. They said, oh, Kenny, I don't think that you should date this one. That's my brother, but this nigga crazy. He ain't shit. And I said, eh. It's not that I don't believe y'all. It's just, I'll see for myself. <laughs> Basically, we had a great relationship for some time. Until he started to lie about stupid shit. You know, he started to. 
That's one of my biggest pet peeves is a liar. I really fucking hate that shit. Anyways, start lying about dumb shit, just really fucking stupid shit. Shit that a few different occurrences got me to literal boiling point, like to the point where my my skin was hot to the touch, to the point where my eyes had blood vessels popped in them like bloodshot actual bloodshot red eyes i was that angry that enraged and i'm so glad that i didn't take it to the next level because i was i'm so happy because if i did i i don't feel that i would be able to talk to you guys right here right now that's how far he took me And at that time, I knew as a 19-year-old with my first love that even though I loved this individual, even though I cared for him so deeply, I could not get myself to be taken out of character like that again. Because something about me, when I set my mind to something, baby, I'm going to do it. And the threat which was actually a promise that I made to this man, I was going to physically go after him. I really was. And I told him, you come to this club, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up. He put me in such a dark space that I never want to be taken to again. And this has been years. I'm 32 now. And at that moment, I said, I cannot allow somebody to take me to this, this dark stage in my, in my life. Like that was scary because I know what I was going to do. I was going to do it. It's fucking nuts. So I remember we broke up. I broke up with him through text. It was crazy. He was calling my my friend's phones and all that stuff and talking about how much he cared about me and how much he he missed me and all this shit and blah, blah, blah. And of course, because we were so young, we were so stupid. My friends would put me on three way and I have my phone on mute. Listen to my ex at that point. Talk about how much he misses me and all this shit. And I remember after a certain point, I talked to him and I asked him, I said, T, what happened? What happened? You know what he told me? Get ready. He told me I became too sweet. He told me that I lost my chase me attitude. He told me that I became too nice. I lost my edge. (laughs) And as a 19 year old, I remember thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? As a 19 year old, I remember thinking that that did not sound right. And I thought to myself, I said, wait. You're telling me that I became too nice too sweet. I lost my 
my chase me attitude. Oh. Hmm. Got it. So you mean to tell me that you like me when I am still being myself, but when I'm new to you, you don't really get too much. You get whatever you get. But when I'm new to you, I'm usually observing. I'm I'm not standoffish or, or cold or anything like that. But I'm I'm observant and I'm trying to get a good idea of who it is that's in front of me or around me. That's all that is. And it's just like for me, I just felt like, you know, it was such a big ass distraction. It was such a gaslighting experience to be told that by your first love at such a young age that you have become too nice, that you've become too sweet, that you lost your chase me attitude, that I lost my edge. That's crazy. And like I say, I'm not a cold hearted person. I'm a very warm person. I'm a nice dude. And when I'm new to somebody, especially in a romantic standpoint, see, the thing about me is like, I'm, and I've always been like this, I'm not checking for people. I've never had to go seek men out. I've never gone out my way to find men and to have men be next to me or to give me things that I wanted. And of course, I'm speaking of privilege. I'm speaking from a privilege standpoint, and I get that. But this is just me being vulnerable and open and honest with you all. It's not me trying to, you know, big myself up or whatever. This is just me speaking out out loud. And I just I, I take it as it comes. If I'm interested, then I'm interested. Then, you know, I'll respond i'll i'll go back and forth depending on the energy and the chemistry the banter and all that stuff like i like to talk shit and carry on with a motherfucker right so i get that a part of me is you know very much my father's son sarcasm is my second language if not my fucking first so yeah, I have like this dry humor. Yeah, I have this sarcasm that just spills out my mouth. Yeah, I have like this wittiness about me. Yeah, I have these mannerisms and these eye rolls and side eyes and and all that shit that comes. That's me. That is me. All of it's me. I'm multi-layered here, okay? But when I start to get to know somebody, especially, you know, for my platonic friends, they understand. But definitely for my romantic partners, there is a little bit of a hesitancy just because these are manners of the heart at most points. So you kind of got to see exactly like how you feel about the individual and stuff like that before you start to really show who you are. And plus, they have to usually earn that. And once a dude earns it by being respectful, by being communicative, by being caring and, and by being consistent, you know, being attentive, 
right? They'll say consider it autos tints, funny, sexy, all of that. <sighs> As the chemistry just goes and ebbs and the flows and we just start to just work each other out and it's just nice and flowers and rainbows, right? It's just beautiful. I eventually start to become another side of me. I start to open up other sides of me because you have now unlocked that because now I have feelings for you. And now you're getting the Kenny that you met before, but you're also getting the lovable, affectionate, considerate, prioritizing, just all of that, that type of Kenny. You're getting that. And sometimes I feel like it's never enough because I can only speak for my generation as a millennial, but it seems that with pop culture, it seems that with, you know, uh, in music and in videos and movies that, you know, people are materialistic. People are about scamming people and being fucking little schemesters and fucking a lion to do's and 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 being co-hearted and being wishy-washy like real emotionally unavailable type ass shit like very toxic behavior chaotic behavior is glorified our generation started to glorify the word petty as if it was a nice thing they start to glorify being an asshole or a bitch as if it's a badge of honor. And it's not. It's pathetic. And it's downright fucking sad. If you think that a bad character trait is a good thing, baby, you need help. I'm not a professional, but we can Google some people together and find you some help because Look, I know I don't got it all together and I want some damn therapy and stuff, but baby, I'm not around here going around thinking that it's cute to say, oh, I'm petty. Oh, yeah, I'm a bitch. Don't nobody want to be around you? Don't nobody want to fuck you? Shit is crazy. It's fucking nuts. So, as toxic as it is, I've watched my female cousins. I've watched my female friends. I've watched my male friends, right? Straight and gay get into these toxic relationships. You know, I've watched them chase after individuals who tend to not give a fuck about them, who tend to not consider them at all, who's so mean-spirited but they can't get enough of them. They can't help but run after them and want to be in their space and stuff and still get shitted on. This shit's fucking crazy. It's absolutely nuts. It's, it's crazy. And as a gay black man, 
it's like being on Twitter, for example, it's filled with nothing but thirsty ass dudes who are just always horny. It's apparently again, I'm no prude. Y'all know this. But after a while, it's like, damn, how many thirsty ass tweets can you fucking put out in a day? Like, is it all for the retweets? Is it all for the recognition? Is it all for the followers? Like, overall, it's for the attention. Attention is a hell of a drug. Do you hear me? Attention is a hell of a drug. And baby, these dudes only recognize the toxic behavior in people. Those are people that get retweeted. Those are people that, you know, get all the comments and the engagement and all that stuff and get to grow their platform and and show off their brand if they have a brand. I mean, again, usually it's for attention and what attention is a hell of a drug. I've dated. I've dated dudes who I was just chilling when we initially first met. I've dated men who I was just chilling and then they came around and started to, you know, say all the right things and and be engaging and to ask questions and to really be wondering, like, what's going on in your life? How can I get to know you? How can I get to get close to you in some type of way? And they've gone consistently for months, for months. You know, they're contacting you on Instagram. They're con- they're he he and a ha ha. They're contacting you on your uh text messaging and FaceTiming you or calling you or whatever the case is. You're hearing from this person. And then you got people that's like, what are you talking to such and such? And oh my God, that person's such a bad texter and bad communicator or bad this or bad that. And I'm thinking like, well, I don't know what to tell you because that's not my narrative because they shit, they didn't be texting me back. Like, in two seconds, you know, and guys would tell you, oh, I fell asleep. Like, nigga, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, I'm just seeing this text message. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like niggas would be telling niggas would tell you anything. But it's just funny like how if we're talking about social media in the world of social media, right? And all the technology We have so many different sources to connect with each other on. And what I found funny 
was not only what I had just explained about just like how dudes would just be, you know, coming for you for months and months and months and months and feeling like they need to do all the things that they feel is necessary to get your attention. Right. And for a person like me, for example, like I say, it's never no shade to anybody. It's not like, you know, I'm purposely doing such like, you know, not engaging or being enthusiastic or whatever the case is or whatever like that. That's not the case. I just be chilling. Like I just be minding my business, just chilling. So it is nothing for me to get a bunch of DMs with dudes saying shit. You know, complimenting me, good morning, handsomes, and grand rising kings, and all this bullshit. Like my friend Patrick said, bitch, I'm not a biscuit. Don't grand rising me. Somebody told me some shit. Uh, what the fuck did he say? It was the corniest fucking shit in the world. It was worse than grand rising. What was it? Um. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that bullshit. Um, this nigga. I met him at a party at um, my friend BB's party. And yeah, I think he must have. I don't. Did he text me? Or let me see. Because I don't know how the fuck he got my number. Did he text me? Um, what's his fucking name? Anywho, this dude, he said it was like something like spiritual rising or some bullshit. Oh, what the fuck? Let me see. Let me go to BB page. Because uh, I want y'all to hear this. This shit is crazy. So let's see. Let's go through. Hopefully he ain't unfriend me already or unfollow me or um, since. Um, okay, so let's go to his page. So this dude. Uh, Oh, (laughs) he said great rising, great rising. That's what he said. Did he unfollow me already? Let me see. Oh, he still follows me. Okay. Anywho. Yeah. He said great rising. I said not bitch. Not that Grand Rising went Super Saiyan, bitch. Great Rising. Who comes up with this shit? Is it, like, is it... Do niggas come up with these little lines and stuff? Like, how they come up with little, like, fucking fortunes and fortune cookies, like, in a little factory or something like that, and then you just run with it? I mean, clearly, if you're saying that to me, then you're saying it to everybody. So, clearly, it must be working on someone. And someone really likes that, but just say good morning. Just say good morning. But niggas would do that for days, for weeks, for months. And here I am just chilling because, again, you can be fine as fuck. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I'm fucking on Instagram looking at animal videos. I'm on fucking Instagram uh, getting caught up in some damn wormhole watching motherfucking DIY makeup tutorials and shit. Like... Or on freak Twitter. But if I'm not doing that, if I'm not doing that, 
you know, like I'm looking at funny ass memes and shit and sending them to like some of my favorite people. You know. And if I'm not doing that, I'm napping. Or I'm working. Or I'm watering my plants. I'm jacking off. Usually jacking off. That's why I'm late to every fucking thing, because I'm always masturbating. That's why I literally that's the secret. That's why I'm late to every fucking thing. Because I have to, you know. I got to squirt a little bit before I leave out the house. That way I know that I'm able to be a nice person when I, when I leave. You feel me? Or else I ain't going nowhere. Not only will I be late, I just won't come. If I don't come. Get it? Got it. Could. So, niggas would, uh, aw, Monty's so sweet. She'd be texting me every morning. Um, Niggas would do all this stuff to pursue you. And here my chill ass is like looking at it, you know, I'll respond depending or usually I'll just like heart shit, you know, but usually, you know, if I'm somewhat attracted to the person or somewhat interested, then I'll respond and say like, thanks. Good morning to you too. Or, you know, if how's your day? My day's good. How's yours? I hope yours is doing good. Blah, blah, blah. And like I say, like, they'll do all these things, you know, they'll be on it. I mean, fucking ever present, up to the attention, everything. And then when you start to finally give them some time, when you start to finally give them the attention that they actually want it, right? When you actually try to engage them and treat them nice. And and really, the thing is, when you try to match that energy and reciprocate what they're putting out. Bitch. Should be changing. Like I said before on, a, on another episode, it's no more grand rising kings anymore. Or great risings. Nudist, don't don't say great rising. Don't say grand rising either, but don't say great rising. Just say good morning. I promise you everybody wants that. When I tell you, I promise you, nobody wants grand risings. I can promise you that. But they just switch the fuck up. And what irritates the fuck out of me is that because I'm so chill, because I'm so fucking laid back, when I finally start to give a dude the attention that he was wanting, when I finally think, you know what, let me, this, okay, this person could be potential quality or whatever the case is. They seem interesting. You start to reciprocate and stuff. You try to, you know, dish out what they, what they dishing out. And don't let you start to fucking get close to them and and y'all start talking or dating or something like that. And it's just like a total switch up. It's like a, a energy shift. And it's like, wait, where did the dude that where did he go? <laughs> where did my <laughs> where did my grand rising kings go? <laughs> where he go? I thought that shit was corny, but I actually kind of liked that he was on it. Where'd he go? Oh, mm. 
Now he's lax. And you know what I think, and and this is a theory, and I want y'all to tell me what you think, but I was with my bestie, Jenny. Y'all know Jenny from season one of episode one and two. Mm -hmm. My girl. We were watching Two Can Play That Game last night because that's one of her favorite childhood movies, as it is mine. And we hadn't seen that movie in, I don't know when was the last time I saw that movie. Uh, we both hadn't seen that movie in, in years. And with watching it, she wanted me to help her with um, her dating sites and stuff like that or whatever. And I'm, because I'm that friend, I'll, I'll definitely help out and give advice and stuff like that as far as, you know, what pictures to use or, you know, she lets me like pick out the guys that I like for her. You know, and I like that. I like that she trusts me with that. Like that's, again, we're best friends. Love her. But I don't know what, I think in watching the, in that movie, Two Can Play That Game, I think with the people and the games that people play, and you know, that movie came out in 2001, but we were laughing about it and we were thinking about if you could do these things in today's culture in today's times all the games and the rules and all that stuff if that would still apply in real life even back then but if it would even apply in current times and what i thought what i thought something crazy something foolish i may not actually do it but i'm thinking about it is I told her, I'm like, you know what? What if we acted out of character for 48 hours? For 48 hours. Like, what if I, what if I, like, I talk my shit on my show, but it's a lot of stuff that I don't speak on that I encounter on a daily basis, whether it's in person, on DMs, in text messages, on the phone, whatever, the, the list can keep going. It's things that I don't say, and it's a damn sure lot of things that I don't fucking do. And when we're talking about in the black gay community, for example, in these days, current times, because it's funny, I just had this talk with my dad and with my sister over the weekend, and they, they, they verbally assaulted me with advice. Um, but it was necessary is as far as being the, the good guy. And I have always been big on being the good guy because I believe in karma, you know, and bad karma, good karma, all that stuff, whatever. Like I'm not trying to fuck around with nobody and all that stuff. So what I brought up was the idea to Jenny is that what if we act out of character? What if I get on Twitter on Instagram, what if I become like that dude for 40 hours, which I end up uh, bringing it down to 24 hours. If I um, start to, you know, post thirsty ass tweets and fucking uh, close friend content, you know, that's actually sexual and, you know, talking about <clears throat> talking about the fucking ass that I need, you know, I need some hole, you know, I need my dick sucked, I need my ass ate, you know how niggas be posting on fucking Twitter like those are the people 
who get the retweets. Those are the people who get the traction and the engagement and all that stuff or whatever. And it's like, I've been trying to grow my platform holistically, you know, and it's just like, it just doesn't pick up because again, I'm not selling sex on my tweets. I'm not getting those retweets. I'm not selling sex through posting my body or the things I want to do to somebody else's body. Right. So I'm not getting those retweets because I just feel like that shit just look like corny and attention seeking and all that stuff or whatever. And I'm sure I've probably done something in the past before, but yeah, I had to literally, I think at the beginning of the year, I had to unfollow all the freak pages from my regular Twitter. I had to fucking mute all the fucking thirsty tweeters and all that shit because it's like, we get it. You want your dick sucked. We get it. You want your hole pounded. Or you want to pound some fucking hole. You want to slut and gut a motherfucking make them cream all everywhere, all in your mouth and on your chest. We get it. We hurt you. This should be a fucking annoying. Or fucking, like I say, actually posting some some freaky, explicit ass content on my close friends on Instagram. You know? Or posting screenshots of what niggas be fucking saying. Posting screenshots of of dudes, friends, the whole friend group in my DM talking shit and talking shit about their friend. The list can go fucking on. Because bitches don't have no type of loyalty. I saw the other night one of the guys that I used to fuck with um (laughs) apparently he posted that he had a bay you know i hate that word that he had a bay and that you know him and bay was was just slutting each other out and all that stuff whatever and i said what you you got a bay oh because wasn't you just in la doing you in a relationship is it open? Because last time I know this nigga and I know he ain't down for an open relationship. So I'm just like, wow. You niggas have no fucking loyalty. No fucking loyalty. And to think that his best friend, who I love, who I love, and care for knows his moves he know what that nigga doing he know what that nigga was doing last week and he know that his nigga that his that his bestie got a bay okay but what but bay over here is just thinking oh yeah i just love my man i love his best friend he's so funny Meanwhile, Bestie know that your nigga busting down niggas while he on vacation. That shit really fucking bothers me. Oh, wow. Um, See, shit like this. Again, the DMs that come through and it's early in the fucking morning. These these men. Bitch, they relentless. It don't stop. All I got to do is a hee hee back little little emoji. 
But what drives me crazy is like here, here Bay is, for example, thinking that, you know, he with his best friends and he uh, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Bestie knows that, you know, he holding his best friend down, which cute. See, but me as a bestie, I'm going to tell your ass like, what you bitch, that's fucked up. You got this man over here thinking that y'all together, y'all monogamous and all that stuff or whatever, because I know this man and I know that this man looks for monogamy. But what he was doing last week was not monogamous. I know that for sure. And it's just, it makes me sad because I'm like, damn, you can't trust these niggas best friends. You can't trust them. Best friends up there, Harlem shaking in front of you and stuff, having a good time, kikiing with you, taking selfies. But they know all the secrets. That shit really bothers me, y'all. That really bothers me. A lot of our friends, uh, which has now become not just a clubhouse group, but, you know, our traveling buddies, you know, it's a traveling circle of friends, like actual friends at this point now. Um, they just got back from DC and it was for Memorial day and it was, you know, a big gay holiday and stuff like that. I was about to go into last minute. Uh, my sister brought up the idea of surprising our dad for his 75th birthday. Happy birthday, daddy. Love you so much. Even though I told him not to listen to new radio, but he knows about it. Happy birthday. So last minute my sister brings up the idea what are you doing at the end of the month i'm like i'm going to dc she's like oh well i was thinking about you know surprising daddy for his birthday or whatever and i'm like well he did say something about his birthday which my dad has never spoke really on his birthday like my dad is you think i'm chilling late the fuck back i get it from him that that man is don't care to do much of anything like that nigga just like chilling he'd be like meh (laughs) the simplest things make him happy same thing with me but he never brings up his birthday or whatever and i thought about them like that nigga never brought up his birthday like he was he talked about like his new audi he bought but he was like yeah but that was like a month ago i'm like he never talked about doing anything for his birthday okay and the next day my sister contacts me with that idea and i was like shit fine all right I'm coming to, you know, surprise, like, yeah, okay, I'll just go do that, and we did, but seeing all of our friends in D.C. having just this good old time, and carrying on, and partying all night, and all that shit, I have, I have FOMO like a motherfucker, (laughs) I was a FOMO sexual, (laughs) Fear of missing out, bitch. Like, I was irritated. Of course, I was having a great time, having quality time with my family and stuff. Don't get it twisted. But I was just like, I want to be doing ratchet things with my friends. Shit. And I just, I was just like, damn. Again, besties, all that stuff or whatever. I'm like, I hope y'all niggas looking out for me. I hope y'all can look out for me. But I just wonder, back to the topic at hand, about 
practicing this 24 hours of toxicity. Because what I told Jenny, I'm like, it's really sad that in our generation, we are so detached. We've become so hoodwinked and fucked up to the point where we only respond, we only respect, we only seek toxicity. We only recognize toxicity. And it's like, do y'all want the bad guy, Chun-Li? They must want the bad guy. They must want the bad guy. That, again, obviously, again, that's not the type of person that I want as a partner when it comes down to it. Somebody who only responds and reacts and, and recognizes and respects toxicity. No, obviously, again, it's just me saying I don't want that. But again, this will show me who not to fuck with, right? This will show me who really fucks with me, right? Y'all like the bad dude. Y'all like, see, it's like y'all like Kenny when he don't really give a fuck about you. He's not really invested in you like the new shit, like when he don't really know you like that. So he not really he not paying you dust. It's just he just he chilling. Y'all like that. Y'all like that sarcastic shit. Y'all like that snarky shit. Y'all don't respect. It seems that a lot of dudes don't respect me when I'm actually being nice to them, when I'm actually thinking about them and showing that when I'm listening to them and and running back what they told me, you know, when I'm giving them priority and I'm giving them my time, my space, you know, my intentions and this, that, and the third and blah, 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 blah. That shit is crazy. That shit is fucking nuts. So do I post, you know, my torso on Twitter? Do I post my thirsty tweets? Do I post the screenshots that could get friend groups fucking ripped to shreds and stuff like that? Do I, you know, talk about the holes that I need to feel and all that shit? Do I stop thinking about people and people's feelings? Do I become inconsiderate? Is that is that what people like? Hmm. Again, do people want the bad guy Chun Li? Is that what they want? Is that what they want? I'm gonna play some. I'm look. We gonna see. Anywho, I don't want this episode to be too fucking long. Make sure to like and subscribe to Nude Radio Stream on all platforms where you can hear podcasts. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nude Radio 101 and to slide in my DMs respectfully on Instagram at Kenny Heflin. Let me know what y'all ideas are. Obviously, again, I'm not condoning being toxic. This is not what we want to do. That's not the type of person I want. At the end of the day, you know, all that stuff who responds, reacts to that and and respects it. But we're going to give it a try for 24 hours. Y'all are going to be so upset with me. They're going to be so upset with me. Anywho, let me know what you think. Bye.